Georgia's DBHDD is urging people to store and lock away all medications to prevent theft and keep them away from children and pets. Old medications can be disposed at Dropbox locations. Dropbox locations can be found at opioidresponse.info. From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Before the break, Sister Helen Prejean talked about her work and adaptations of her memoir, including Dead Man Walking, an Oscar-winning film, and an opera. In fact, the most performed new American opera of this century. And it's coming to Georgia. The Atlanta Opera's production of Dead Man Walking runs February 2nd through the 10th. The company's artistic director, Tomer Zvulun, directs the production. And in the role of Sister Helen is international opera star and proud Georgian native Jamie Barton. They spoke with GPB's Sarah Zaslaw. Jamie Barton, welcome back to GPB. It's so good to be back. And Tomer Zvulun, great to see you too. Nice to see you. Whatever the stereotype of opera is, Dead Man Walking is not it. There are no colorful wigs and bustles, right? No foreign languages, no romantic intrigue. It's set mostly in a prison, and it's a recent true story. Jamie Barton, what did you do to prepare to sing and act the part of this real live person, Sister Helen Prejean? Have you met her? I have. I actually, I met her just a few nights ago for the very first time. We had dinner. It was absolutely fantastic. She's just a wonderful force of a human being. But Mostly what I did to prepare for portraying her was just to watch a lot of interviews that she's done and really just to dive into the text like this is a straight theater play rather than an opera. Try to understand especially the intricacies of the relationship between Sister Helen Prejean and the man who's on death row who she's walking with, Joseph Desrochers. I'm really, really focusing on the text. My, my goal in this is that the audience won't ever have to look up and look at the words to understand what I'm saying. You know, I, this particular show being set in the South, I want this to be a comfortable thing for people to slip into in that kind of way so that it will give them the freedom to do the hard thinking that will come along with this for the audience. But in case they miss a word of yours, you're saying that the words will also be on super titles. Exactly. It'll be at the very top of the theater proscenium. <laughs> Dead Man Walking focuses on a murderer on death row and our criminal justice system and the death penalty. The opera establishes this man's guilt right from the top. We witness this shocking crime ourselves. So this isn't a did he or didn't he kind of situation. It's about the complex aspects of condemning even a guilty person to death as well as notions of confession and forgiveness. On Second Thought is interviewing Sister Helen herself. But within the opera, Jamie, how does your character relate to these issues? Well, I think it's a, a struggle for her as well. You know, when Sister Helen was doing this for the first time, she told me, you know, somebody approached her and said, hey, would you like to be a pen pal with, a, with a, an inmate? And she was like, sure. And so she started doing it. Never did she imagine that she would end up where she is now, being an advocate for uh, the prison reform that needs to happen. This opera happens to capture that moment, all, all the steps that lead to her being with this particular person to his very end. And so there's a lot to process through. There's a lot of, um, she's terrified walking into a prison for the first time. She's never had that experience. There's, there's working through the feelings of trying to forgive him. Her job as a nun <laughs> to be there for him is to provide that Christ-like love, to provide a space 
place for him to feel connection and safe enough to, in the end, confess that he did this. Tomorz Vulun, Sister Helen in real life campaigns against the death penalty. Does the opera take a stand? Not at all. That's the beautiful thing about the opera is that uh, Jake Hagee understood something very simple about the difference between propaganda and art. In order for audiences to be drawn to a story, they have to feel like it allows them uh, freedom to form their own opinion. And our duty uh, is to represent both sides of the story. We are not promoting any kind of political agenda, and nor does Jake Hagee. And his genius in this opera is that he is telling the story of both families that were impacted by that horrible deed. At the very beginning of the opera, as you mentioned, uh, those two teenagers are brutally murdered by Joseph Desrochers. It's not a murder mystery. But then we get to meet those two sides, the parents of the victims. They're devastated for the loss of the most precious things for them, their kids. And then we're also introduced to the mother and the brothers of that murderer. And it's interesting because Hagee writes some of his most beautiful melodic music uh, and gives it to the mother. This cast at the Atlanta Opera hasn't recorded this opera, but there are recordings from previous casts. Jamie, could you pick a highlight or two and walk us through? Absolutely. I'm a big fan of the recording from Houston Grand Opera with Joyce DiDonato and Philip Cutlip. The one that comes to mind right now is at the very top of the second act where Sister Helen is struggling with the fact that she realizes that she hasn't fully forgiven Joseph de Rocher. Sister Rose tells her that she needs to forgive him, but explains that forgiveness is something that is shown in the smallest gesture. It's not something you tell somebody that you have forgiven them, but just showing them that you, you're there for them. It's some of the most beautiful music in this opera. I absolutely love it. Tomar's Vulun, do you have a particular favorite moment in Dead Man Walking? I absolutely love the scene where Sister Helen is taking her journey from Hope House in New Orleans to um, Angola Prison. She doesn't know this person who writes her letters and is a cold-hearted murderer, and she's about to meet him for the first time and escort him to his death, and that's a very powerful moment in the opera. Jamie Barton and Tomer Zvulun, we mentioned that Dead Man Walking is atypical because you're able to consult the real-life main character, Sister Helen. The composer, Jake Heggie, is alive, too. And that's a situation you don't have when you're doing a Mozart or Wagner opera or something like that. Did you consult him personally while working on this? 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All the time. I've been in text conversation with Jake for, uh, well, for months, quite honestly. I've been uh, wrapping my head around the role. I, uh, <laughs> every once in a while, I've texted him and I said, Jake, man, you're going to make me cry. Every 10 minutes I sit down to do something, I, there's something so beautiful, uh, tears just well up. <laughs> but he's he's been a very, very supportive part of my process in this. Uh, I would venture to say he is the greatest living composer of opera, and he is just as kind and accessible as they come. Tomer, as the artistic force behind this particular new production of Dead Man Walking, you're spending a lot of time with this opera. How did you decide what we should see on stage? And in the end, what do we see? So it all started with a conversation with Jake. I asked him on the phone after talking about the piece and the characters, is the one thing that you haven't seen in all the productions so far? He said at the beginning, after the murder, Sister Helen sings. And immediately after that, there's a scene with children where she's teaching them. And in no other production were we able to see Sister Helen seeing the murder as if it's in her mind and reliving it because she is visiting the location that it happened during the show. And so the whole production was designed around the idea of seamless transitions between scenes. There are many scenes in this opera what do you want us to be thinking or feeling as we walk out of the opera Dead Man Walking at the end after, I don't think this is too much of a spoiler, after witnessing an onstage lethal injection? You know, there's many ways to interpret Dead Man Walking. I mean, on the surface, it's a story about a murderer who's sentenced to death row and a nun who becomes a spiritual advisor and takes him there. But for me, it's much more profound than that simple story. To me, it's a story about parents and about children. Uh, All of us are children, and many of us are parents. And there is nothing more precious to us than that relationship. Each character in Dead Men Walking, each of those protagonists, have a support system, have a family. The victims have parents. And they are starving for a resolution for themselves. The murderer has a family. He has brothers. He has a mother that loves him. And what Dead Men Walking does to me and to many audience members is make us reflect about our own relationships, our own fears, and uh, the possibility that when you have a child, you don't know what will happen to them. Are you a parent? I am a parent, yeah. And when I directed this show for the first time, my wife was pregnant with our first child, and now she's pregnant with our second. And so I cannot help but think about how precious it is to have a child and uh, just the dangers out there in the world and the hope that they will be okay. Yeah. So alongside all of the moral and artistic considerations mounting an opera, there are the business considerations. It's always important for arts organizations to sell tickets, and I'm sure you think about revenue when you're planning your season of three or four main stage productions. Did you expect to attract a larger or smaller audience than usual with Dead Man Walking than when you put on a Puccini or a Verdi? No, we did not expect to um, attract as many people. Our interest in doing Dead Man Walking basically has three reasons. Number one, it is the most performed modern opera of our time. Uh, 
and it's time that it will be shown in Atlanta. The second reason is that it's an absolute masterpiece, theatrical, operatic masterpiece. And the third one is that we're committed to stimulating critical conversations. And those conversations about uh, death penalty, um, about faith, about crime, about social justice, are conversations that are very important for us and for the city. In mid-January, we had a wonderful event at the uh, Center for Ethics at Emory University that allowed us to connect with members of the community and talk about uh, social justice and the uh, idea of uh, the death penalty. For us, it's very, very important. And at the same time, I can share with you that we are selling tickets on a pace that makes us uh, quite happy at this point. Mm. Do you expect the show to draw a more diverse audience than your typical opera crowd? Absolutely. I think that there's a lot of uh, audience members that are familiar with uh, the movie, uh, but there's also a significant number of audience members that are familiar with Sister Helen and her book. Tomer and Jamie, this is all pretty heavy stuff. Are rehearsals for Dead Man Walking all depressing and then you go home and have nightmares, or does everyone manage to have some fun along the way? Well, it's a room full of friends. It is a heavy subject, but there is a lot of levity in the the rehearsal room. You, you can't avoid that if you have Kevin Burdett in the rehearsal right. room. He's singing in The Warden. Uh, I've actually sung with him twice before, and both have been comedic roles. He's like the Jim Carrey of opera. <laughs> uh, but truly speaking, I think we're all uh, sensitive to the fact that we're all going through some difficult walks with this. After we had staged the execution scene and done it for the first time, a lot of us were in tears. And I looked around and people are holding each other's hands and they're hugging each other. And I had friends coming up to me saying, what can I do? What can I do to to help make this easier for you? It's just that support. There's something very, very special in this particular company and in this particular city. It's refreshing and it absolutely helps getting through a, a difficult staging day. And I did neglect to mention the star of the show, in addition to Jamie, is uh, Michael Mays, who is one of the greatest singer-actors of our time. He was recently seen here as Sweeney Todd. He's performing right now the role of Joseph de Rocher all over the world, and um, he's not to be missed. As a final note, is there uplift within the opera itself? What's the lightest moment? <laughs> there are several light moments, actually. The the moment that comes to me is where he's waiting. He, it's about 7 p.m. on the night that he's going to die. And he and Helen have this moment where they connect over the fact that she actually did go to Vegas at one point when she was a little girl and she saw Elvis. And he loves Elvis. And they sit there and they, they sing little licks of Heartbreak Hotel and <laughs> You Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog, Joseph, <laughs> that sort of thing. Tomer Zvulun and Jamie Barton, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. Jamie Barton plays Sister Helen Prejean in the Atlanta Opera's production of Dead Men Walking. Tomer Zvulun directs. The show runs February 2nd through the 10th. They spoke with Sarah Zaslaw, host of Nightcap, on most GPB stations. This recording features Joyce DiDonato and Philip Cutlip with the Houston Grand Opera. <laughs>